We're going to, if you can stay standing, we just actually want to use this time to prepare our hearts for God's Word. Uh, God's Word is a seed that gets sown. So what we do is we, we um, come and ask God to do the miraculous. So if there's anything in your heart that's hard, um, God can take a heart that's hard and turn it into a heart of flesh. And remember, His Word is a seed, so it needs a soft heart. So let's pray quickly. God, we just come to you now as we're going to come around Your Word. Your Word, we want it to be planted in our hearts. So if there's anything in our hearts that's hard, will You take our heart that's hard and make it a heart of flesh, make it good soil, God, for Your Word to be planted in so it can produce a harvest. God, we submit to You now. You say as we do this, we have a desire to do Your will. We can resist the devil. So that's what we do right now. We resist the devil. We thank You that he has to flee. We pray hedge protection around us and our children. We pray that in this hedge of protection that you minister, you bring breakthrough, you bring healing, you give us direction, you give us wisdom to build our marriages, our business, the next generation. And then if anyone is without hope in this place, will you knock on the door of their heart? Will you draw them unto yourself, as you say in Scripture, so they can open up the door of their hearts and let you come into their life as you will save them, you will lead them, you'll be the Lord of their life in Jesus' name. Everyone believe it said? Amen. Awesome. Last thing, God, I pray that Liverpool win on Monday night. Everyone believe this said, Amen. Awesome. Come on. Guys, we just know our priorities and that the Booker beats Australia twice in a row. Amen. So good to have you in the house. We actually are in the third week of our series, Words to Live By. And we've actually been speaking about God's Word. And um, last week, I would have actually mentioned to you guys that, that um, if our hearts are the soil and God's Word is the seed, then our attitude determines how deep the seed can go down. And if we would have an attitude towards God's Word, that His Word is the authority, then we can receive it in a way that it can truly be planted. So our attitude is key, and there's so many things that affect our attitude. This morning, I want to talk to you about the fact and the truth that God's Word can totally transform your life. But before I go there, I just want to honor just our dream teamers, our worship team, our, 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 our production team, our View Kids team. All these people have actually gone ahead of us to actually make sure we can come to this worship environment. And then our, the team I really want on is our prayer team because they actually cover us in prayer. So the whole service is, is we're stepping into an environment that's covered in prayer. And it's actually easier to get into God's presence. Didn't you sense it? It was just amazing to get into worship. So I just honor our teams. You guys really do uh, prepare the house and allow us to actually come together like this. And then um, next Sunday at 6 p.m., we sang farewell to Lacanya. Lacanya is moving to Peter Maritzburg, taking over a church over there, a cornerstone. It's actually across the road from the University of KwaZulu-Natal. It's a strategic church. So we've prepared him. Graham will be the mentor in the process. And um, this is a church that um, the building's covered, everything. So, so we're actually sending him. We, of course, are going to be backing him with leadership and financially where it's needed. But what we want to do as a church on Sunday night is send him away, not only with a handshake and like a Oh, go for it. Good luck. You know what I mean? We want to bless him. Lacanya has been with us for many years. He served as one of our pastors. He's been, and he will be the youngest lead pastor of a church in the same as God in our country this year. That's why we've said. But anyway, I think it's exciting. He's a phenomenal young man. So if you would like to bless him in any way, 
what you can actually uh, put in a bank account, just reference Lukanya, or Sunday night, we'll take up an offering for him. And he's setting up his life there. Think about it, he's setting up houses. We, we're getting a car sorted. But, but um, this is exciting for me because we will, I think we're going to taste, um, get a taste of how to do more ministry on university campuses through this church. And, and so it's just exciting. And, and what's amazing is in three years, this will be the third church that we're part of that is coming out in a way of the life of this church where we're sending our best to that church. We got to plant Malpos in the first in the first part of COVID, second part of COVID in a way, like since we're putting categories, we planted Camps Bay. Now we're sending one of our, and, and it's in, in three years, and just well under, in just over two years, uh, this church has uh, been part of giving birth to new things. So I just wanna honor you guys for your generosity and, and that you're outward looking. Remember, when you're outward looking, life's more fun. When you're inward looking, you actually get a bit more sad, okay? And you'll find when you're in a bad place and you're very much self-focused, you won't be as much fun to hang around, okay? But when you're outward focused, you're actually a lot more fun. So just a side note, remember that. And then Rise Camp, members coming up, we got for grade four to six, Rise Camp, and then from grade seven to 12, there's two camps. Just remember that, that as you invest in your child, they actually, we set aside time, they have lots of fun and have worship moments. And, and in those moments, God speaks to them. There's many things that are gonna speak to them. There's gonna be things at school, media's gonna speak to your child, but I'm gonna ask you, are you positioning your child for God to speak to them? And in that space, God confirms why he made them. So I encourage you to get your child onto that camp. So you and I, we speak to God, okay? And, and, and I encourage you to speak to God. You can speak to God in traffic. You can speak to God on the My City bus. You can speak to God as you walk along the beach. And we do live in a beautiful city. But you also need to let God speak to you. And the way you do it is actually through God's word. God's word speaks to you. God's word is his breath on a page. And yes, culture speaking loudly, popular opinion speaking. Your flesh speaks to you. Your fears speak. And your past speaks. Of course, Satan reminds you of your past and maybe your spouse as well. Anyway, so um, bad joke. You guys are a tough crowd. Anyway, but our past does speak to us. Of course, what we learn in the Bible is that your life is going down a path. Romans 12 actually speaks about it where it says, don't be conformed to the pattern. In other words, don't be conformed to the path that the, the world's sort of giving you. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And in the message version, it says, don't become so well adjusted to the culture that you fit in without even thinking. You know, what I've realized is when I'm actually not thinking about what I'm thinking about, I become very well adjusted to the culture. I go down paths the culture's trying to uh, trailblaze or thoughts the culture has. And so Joyce Mike, she says it so well, you need to think about what you're thinking about. You can't just let your mind go anywhere because God says that you and I can go down a path where we're well adjusted and, and actually we need to fix our attention on God and then you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and, and quickly respond to it. 
unlike the culture around you, dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. This other scripture in Proverbs says, the, the road of the wise inclines to the right. It inclines. It says the road of the foolish declines to the left. And, and so it's so true that, that when we get caught up in culture, we do get brought down. It's almost like culture can dumb you down. And even though the world has said Christianity dumps us down, the road of the wise is on the incline. You know, there's a field behind us, and I've seen that field for many years. I went to Tableview High School, Tablavois, it's quite a posh school. You guys didn't know about that. I used to shop at MR Priest, Mr. Price. Anyway, um, I'm just trying to get you guys into it. But I used to walk with some friends to go visit them. I lived right across the road at Athens Road. And I used to walk behind this field. About 22, I gave a year to the church and I'd serve teenagers and I've been here ever since, but as a youth pastor, I would, I would go and hand out stuff and, and I understood out of sight, out of mind. So being a youth pastor, I would be in, like, be present. People would see me. Then I'd do some walk homes. We'd walk home with the guys and I'd walk past the church and I'd walk down this field. But there was a path and there's still a path down this field. Of course, my city gets built. Um, Pre-COVID, this place was packed. Cars were always uh, parked over there. And, and yeah, there'd still be a pathway people would take. Now with pre, um, post-COVID, we've seen less cars on that field and, and some people aren't traveling as much to work, or, but, but they, they aren't parking there and that, that pathway is still there. If, if you see people walk, they walk down that one path. Just like that pathway has been formed as people over years have continually walked down that pathway. That, that, that field's got a one-track mind kind of thing, you know? One path mind. Science actually shows that you and I do the same thing in our minds. You might even have family members say, whenever this happens, you go down that train of thought. Whenever this happens, this is your response. And God says, don't be conformed without thinking, going down pathways that are connected to your past or your habits, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you want to change your life, you actually have to change your thoughts. Psalm 1, 1 to 3, and I didn't put these scriptures up, but it says, um, with the team at the back, but it says, happy are those who find joy in obeying the law of the Lord, and they study it day and night. They're like trees that grow beside a stream. They bear fruit at the right time, whose leaves never, drop, uh, never dry up. They succeed in everything you, they do. Of course, there's something special about being focused on God's word. So if you want to change your life, God actually teaches us that you have to actually change the way you think. Ephesians 4 verse 23 says, Be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind. What does it mean to renew your mind? Well, it's fresh thoughts, fresh attitudes. If you look at the word repentance in the Bible, a lot of us see it and we confess our sins and we say, sorry, but repentance is changing your mind. Repentance isn't really true without a change of mind. You might be doing something that's destructive, that hurts you and takes you away from God, and you sense that it's wrong, you just say sorry, but changing your mind is changing your mind about that. That's destructive. That's taking me away from God. I've changed my mind. That's not what I want to do. I want to honor you. 
that's repentance. It's changing your mind. So even in the front end of our walk with God, it's a changing of your mind. You know, it says in the Old Testament that God was going to um, punish a people or who had been disobedient over and over habitually. God had warned them, sent prophets, and then uh, the, he, he actually tells the prophets, this is what I'm gonna do. And these, these men of God, they pray, and these men and women of God, the, the righteous pray. And then it says, and God relents. That actually means he changed his mind. So we see the meaning of that. And for you and I to truly change, we need to change our mind. You have to change your mind about the paths you've been walking down. The best way to do it is to stop walking down the path. Imagine we put a sign up in the field behind, it says no walking in this field, and we just did it for a year. The grass would grow. It would become harder to go down those pathways. And that's why scripture says you and I have got tools. We, we got weapons. We take every thought captive. If you look at Ephesians and speaks about the armor of God, and um, if you look at the armor of God, it's spiritual armor. And I put it on every morning. I submit to God. I resist the devil. I, 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 I pray the Jabez prayer. And I do this for all of you. I pray over anyone. You guys, if you're new to church, I cover you in prayer. And one of the things on behalf of all of you, I, I intercede. I stand there. I say, God, I stand in the shoes of readiness for uh, my family, for View Church. I put the belt buckle of truth on. I put the breastplate of righteousness on. I, 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 I take all the shield of faith, the, the helm of the salvation, and the sword of your spirit. Everything on the arm is defensive, and we've taught in this series, the only thing that's offensive in the means of uh, we've got a, a weapon is the word. The word is the weapon that actually can help you take ground down new paths and help you to take captive the wrong ones, the wrong thoughts. You've actually got this tool and God wants you not to be a victim, but he wants you to take responsibility. You need to think about what you're thinking about. You know, we can encourage you and you can get pumped and, and you can feel better and you can get hyped. And, but if you don't change the way you think, you haven't changed because as a man thinks, so is he. You can feel better and you can try to use willpower and you can pump each other up and be accountable. But, but if you want to change, the key thing is to change your mind and please be accountable. Have encouragement. It says don't neglect meeting together. A fan in the flame. You know what I mean? Encouraging one of that stuff we need to do. John 8 verse 31 to 32, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. The freest way to live is down the pathways that God has for you, in the direction that God wants you to go. And that's why we see scriptures, your words are light to my path. So that's the freest place. And, and I know what the world says freedom is, because, you know, if I just want to feel free. Uh, I, I want to have a right to my freedom. And you do have a right to your freedom. God's given you a choice, but you don't have a choice when it comes to consequences. And people don't get that, 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 that you must understand, you have a right to try everything, but you're still going to face the consequences of what you try. Andre, I just want to be free to try this. Go for it. But have you seen the consequence of it? I just... The crazy thing is as soon as you 
in suppose a world culture's freedom, do that thing you want to do, you've opened your life up to the consequences and you're not free anymore. Because it says there's a way that seems right to man, but at the end it leads to death. But God says, um, you'll know my truth and the truth will set you free. There's no law against God's law in the means of you can live it and you'll be blessed. But if you live by sin, it says the wage of sin is, that's the wage. Of course, God by his grace says, yes, but the gift of God's eternal life. Let me pay that price. And But but there is consequence. You're free to try what you want, but you're not free of the consequences. But then it says the truth will set you free. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 4 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. For the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish pathways through a field. Strongholds. Thought patterns old habits. So God, you are so good. You're actually giving me a weapon because I've formed this habit for years. I've walked down this path for years. I've got a pretty much a one-track mind. When that happens, I go to anxiety. When that happens, I go to stress. When that happens, I go to habits, um, to um, addictions because that's the only way I've coped. Yes, your weapon is totally different. Your weapon is divine. It's the Word of God. It's a sword. It says God's word can cut through bone and marrow. And I think about that, that's in the natural. And there are a lot of natural things coming your way. But it also says God's word can cut through soul and spirit. Well, that's supernatural. Do you mean that your word, this weapon, is both natural and supernatural? Yes. It's good for the natural and the supernatural, yes. You can read some good books, and I encourage you to read because leaders are readers. And if you want to understand anything, the dumbest thing you can do is what I did. If you don't read in school, it actually doesn't help you study as much. <laughs> Photocopying is not the answer. Sitting next to some clever girl at school, I did that. So, so you can read it, but in, even though as you read, you're going to grow, you need to read something that's got natural and supernatural power. Cut through bone and marrow and soul and spirit. You've been given a totally different weapon. You and I are called to free our minds of destructive thoughts. Romans 8 verse 5 says, those who are dominated by their sinful nature, think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Spirit of God, think about things that please the Spirit. So are you telling me if I change what I think about, I'm it will change what I'm dominated by? A lot of you guys are dominated by something. You're trying to get out of it. God says, you just need to change the way you think. Well, how do I get to think about spiritual things? That sounds abstract, Andre. Well, God's word is spirit. It's pneuma, it's life. God's word was breathed. When you and I read God's word, we're truly breathing. 
So you might be breathing in the temporary, but God's word allows you to breathe in the eternal. If you haven't actually got into a habit of getting to God's word, I don't know if you're really breathing. I see dead people. <laughs> Bad joke, but really true. If you think about it. What are you breathing in? The press, Facebook, opinions? I'm asking you, are you really breathing? Get into God's word. Yes, we are supposed to think about what we're thinking about. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, take every thought captive. Proverbs 4 verse 23, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So John 1, 1 to 5 says, and they got this scripture. Sorry, I've mentioned so many scriptures that I didn't put down. But in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. So the Word was with God. And the word was God. Well, we see Jesus part of Trinity. He's the word become flesh. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit are one. The word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is God. Okay. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not yet overcome it. This crazy invitation, when you open up the word to go back to the beginning. This crazy invitation, when you open up the word, to go back to something that's never been overcome. Never been overcome by darkness, never been overcome by threats, never been overcome by public opinion, never been overcome by tr cultural trends. It has always risen above, and the darker it's got, the brighter it's shone. In the beginning was God. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the word made flesh. And in the beginning, you were created by God. God spoke to you. You were made by God. God made you in your mother's womb. Like You can go right back to the place of the purest beginning. You can go right back to the place where you were formed in total surety, certainty, no uncertainty, and discover why God made you. No mist, no gray area, no darkness. Dark's never overcome it. You can go there. Where is that? It's the Word. You were created by the Word, and you can be sustained by the Word. You might have walked down many pathways that are wrong, but God knew why he made you, didn't make a mistake. He made you wonderfully and skillfully. And you can go back there and be reminded 
Amazing thing, even as you will discover yourself and go right back to the purest beginning, you'll also truly get to know God. The truest revelation of God, the ultimate revelation is the Word of God. Why do you say that? Well, people's words are the truest revelation of who they are. You need to think about that because if you want to find out who people really are, just let them speak a bit longer. Because from the heart, the mouth speaks. You are what's happening on your inside. Matthew 12 verse 34, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It's the truest revelation of somebody, their words. That's why when things that aren't healthy are coming out of your mouth, it's an invitation to let God sort out your heart. Something's not healthy, God. I need to go back to the word that I was birthed in. I need to go back to your word. It's the truest revelation of who God is. And we can be sustained by it. It wakes us up and it lifts us up. God's words are life. Of course, in the Greek, it says God's words are pneuma. They're powerful. The word is living. John 6 verse 63, the, the spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Hebrews 4 verse 12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And I mentioned last week, one of the key ways to get God's word into you is to make sure your attitude's right. How do you get your attitude right? You get into the word. God's word is a mirror. You can see how far off you are, how much closer you need to come, what needs to change. It's a phenomenal gift to us. God's word is the ultimate surgery you can do. Yes, it will challenge you, but it does to bring healing to you. Whatever God reveals, God can heal. God is not a, God will only reveal to invite you to experience healing. And you and I can position ourselves. Well, how do we take this word on? I'll give you three things and then we, we're gonna worship. Faith activates the word. Faith activates the word. You might say, I don't fully understand it and bear with me and I'll explain, but it makes the word come alive. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, for we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard did not combine it with faith. It was just merely words. Even though it was the Word of God, they just treated it like it was somebody else's Word, a man's Word. If you read it, and don't mix it with faith, it doesn't work. Faith moves natural healing into supernatural understanding and belief. Well, how do you get faith? Well, revelation activates faith. And again, you might say, I don't understand. Bear with me and I'll teach you. You and I need faith 
when we read the Word. How do we get faith? Revelation activates the faith. It gives us that aha moment. There are two words when it comes to the meaning of the word, of word. There's two words for the word, word. Does that make sense? There's two words for the word, word in, in the Bible. It's the Logos word, which is the spoken word. It's the written word. Everyone can hear it and they can read it. And the second word for the word, word is the rhema word. It's when you read the Word or you hear it and you get it. It comes alive. An instance in the Bible where we see both words used is when the angel speaks to Mary about conceiving Jesus. Angel says, you're gonna carry the Savior of the world. She says in Luke 1.34, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? She's just heard the Logos word, and she didn't get it. How can this be? Then the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Then the angel says, for no word, and the original meaning would read like this, for no rhema from God will ever fail you. And she has, the prior to this, a Logos word, and then the angel says, but no rhema word will fail you. She says, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may the word to me be fulfilled. Previous to it, she gets a Logos word. She goes, how will this be? Then the angel speaks a rhema word and she said, let it be so with me. You and I need the revelation that comes from a rhema word. The rhema word activates faith. When we read God's Word, we need to mix faith. The key thing is that we get a revelation, a rhema word. And you go, well, how do I get a revelation? Revelation comes when you meditate on God's Word. Meditation activates revelation. As Christians, our meditation isn't emptying ourselves out. Meditation in the Bible is filling yourself up with God's Word. And as you do that, it's like you strike the waters. There was something in the water that was life-changing and when people sat by the waters to be healed above the story. And when the angel touched the waters, the waters became healing water. And as soon as the water was touched, then they moved towards the water. This word was Logos word spoken. And then the angel touched the word and spoke a rhema word. And the same word he said, which was Logos, came alive to her. She said, let that be with me. And God will touch His Word as you meditate on it. God will touch it. And what's meditation? If you study meditation in the Bible, it's the same thing as cows chewing grass. What, how do cows do it? They, they, they get grass. They're not like me and my girls. My, my wife says, how do you eat so fast? So your kids, they just eat. Like you, you put the food down, they finish. You're like, I thought we were going to eat together. Done. Cows are chill. They're like chewing. Looking around, nowhere to go, chew. Then they swallow it. They regurgitate it. Chew some more, some more nutrients. Then they swallow it. Regurgitate it. Chew some more, get more. I know it sounds terrible. But this is the meaning of the meditation. 
What happens, they get all the nutrients out the grass and then the grass turns into milk and it becomes a massive blessing to other people as well. They get blessed by the grass and they become a blessing. When you and I take time to read God's Word and meditate on it and chew on it, it comes alive. It goes from Logos to Rhema. God strikes the waters. Waters that seem just like water becomes healing waters. And all of a sudden, the living Word of God actually comes alive. And you mix faith with it. And the faith mixed with the Word changes your life. You and I need this in this season. I have no doubt you need it. But you and I can no longer be victims of what's happening to the world. We need a word that's alive, that leads us into the prophetic. What's the prophetic? It's actually confirming and declaring what God's word has said. It's words that have come alive to you. God said it. I'll read, I have a quiet time, and I'll say, God's word come alive. I'll say, that's what's gonna be the future for my daughters. That's gonna be the future for my marriage. That's gonna be the future for my business. That's gonna be the future for my country. I w- why would I speak death over a nation? That, my ch- that is the future for my children. Why would I speak death over my marriage when God wants to bless my marriage? Why would I speak death over my business? Why would I speak death over my life, over my identity? Why would I speak death? You and I need the Word that has come alive. We need Him to strike the waters. It says, read on it, ponder. Joshua 1, 7 to 8 says, Don't let this book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful in everything written in it. Careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. The angel, of course, said, For no word from God, no rhema word from God will ever fail you. That's what the original language reads. No rhema word from God will ever fail you. I encourage you to get a rhema word for your marriage, for your children, for your business. When things come knocking, lies, you bring out the rhema word of God that will never fail you. But you said God. But God said, and I say, amen, let that be so with me. Let it be so with me as an individual. Let me be so in my marriage. Let it be so for my children. Let it be so in my business. Let it be so in this nation. No rhema word from God. Set time aside, get into God's word. Some of you need to buy a Bible. Some need to change your schedule to get in the word. Some of us are reading a lot of temporary and we need to read something that's connected to eternity. It's God's word. Just as we close, I just want to pray for anyone. You guys quickly take your seats and just, if you can close your eyes, just out of respect for anyone who just needs to respond. I just want to pray for anyone who, even as I've spoken, you just sense God knocking on the door of your heart. Scripture says that God knocks on the door of your heart. The reason He knocks is because He wants to come and live inside your heart. He wants to save you. Scripture says as we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. That's how good He is. There's nothing too big to bring to Him that He can't forgive. And and in that knocking, He's saying, come to me. I want to love you. I want to forgive you. 
I want to embrace you. And as you open up the door, He moves into your heart. He's not only your Savior, but He's your Lord. And maybe you've sensed that God's knocking on the door of your heart. Maybe you've sensed that you have actually, He's not been at the center of your life. And this morning, He's actually calling you back to Him, maybe for the first time, or maybe it's been a time of walking away and God saying, come back. If that's you, I'd love to lead you in a prayer because the Bible says we confess our sins. He's faithful just to forgive us of our sins. And I'd love to lead you in a prayer, a confession, where He declares the Son of God, believe that God raised Him from the, the grave. If that's you, with every eye closed, I respect if that's you and you're saying, lead me in that prayer, I want to quickly count to three. Just pop your hand up. Say, that's me. Give me a wave. And I want to encourage you to receive God's salvation with a joy. Okay? That's me. One, two, three. If that's you, just say, that's me, Andre. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? You know God's speaking to you. And this is your time. God's watching. Awesome. God bless you. Awesome. You guys put your hands down. Let's quickly pray as a church family. Let's pray together. Even if you didn't put your hand up, let's pray together. It says, so here we go. Jesus, I confess that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead when you came out of the grave. Because of this confession and this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, I'm changed, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give praise in this place. I want to encourage you. We do pray over our cards. If you want us to pray for you, you don't have to put your name down. If it's a private prayer request, we'll cover you in prayer this week. It's our gift to you. So it's in the seat coming in front of you or in, under your chair in the front row. Do that. If you want to take a next step, you can use this card. Write down your details. You might want to know about Growth Track, View Group, or if you need anything else, just let us know. But the best way is to go to our red banner. You can grab your first cappuccino if you're new. You can get into a View Group. I encourage you to do 40 days in the Word. That's what we're doing on the Version Bible app. We encourage the whole church to do the Rick Warren um, devotional. It's a phenomenal devotional. It'll teach you how to read God's Word and have a quiet time. So why don't you do that? Tonight's Sabella's preaching, so it's going to be a great night. I encourage you to come out. Have a great Sunday. Cheers, guys.